Hello, listener. It's Gould here. Just before we crack on with this top tens episode of the Unbreakable Movie Chain, a little reminder to look at the show notes in case you want to be aware of content and spoiler warnings. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Unbreakable Movie Chain Top 10s, where this week we're running down our top 10 favourite animated films. Ed, how easy was this list for you to come up with? A, a, a list was really easy to come up with. I just splurged a load of films onto the page. Whittling that list down to 10 proved to be an almost insurmountable challenge. And there are a lot of really wonderful, 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 wonderful films that are not on my list. And that I, so I've, I've limited myself to, there is there is one Disney film, there is one Pixar film, and there is one Studio Ghibli film on my list. Yeah, okay. And even outside of that, parameter there are still films that there are that there is no room for on my list yeah that are great (laughs) yeah Mm. i can't wait to hear i found this really hard more because i have seen so few animated films Mm -hmm. so yeah i did i found this really hard but kind of more from I turned my thoughts in on myself of like you Mm. should see more animated films this is a really bad list do better Um, (laughs) so I'm going to be taking a lot of I think a lot of your top 10 I'm probably going to be taking them as recommendations for me to go away and watch so Um, I'm looking forward to it yeah take some of my honourable mentions as well there are many great great films here yeah so uh, I watched a couple of uh, animated films to get just to get myself in the mood so I uh, I just downloaded a bunch onto my laptop because I was on a I was on trains for about five hours yesterday. So I was like, I can definitely crack through a couple of films. So I watched The Secret of Kells. Oh, yes. Which is really spectacular. It's brilliant. It's beautiful, Um, isn't it? I I had seen Song of the Sea, which I loved um, as well. Uh, But yes, Secret of Kells was really something. Really, The animation style, they they really make a virtue of this sort of 2D style. They make it as as 2D as you possibly can. And it looks like, like illuminated manuscripts. Mm. You know what I mean? And for for Secret of Kells, that works particularly well because that's what it's all about. It's all about the creation of the Book of Kells, um, which is a, a illuminated manuscript from I think the ninth century. Yeah, so that that was extraordinary. Um, the other one. I watched, which I also really enjoyed, uh, the French animated film April in the Extraordinary World, which which was bonkers. I really, really, really liked it. It's sort of a, a, an alternate timeline. France takes place in the 1930s, but like the uh, Napoleonic dynasty is still in power. Oh, but technology there is uh, at a sort of Victorian age level. Um, so it's it's all a sort of steampunk thing. So obviously there are airships and stuff as well. Amazing. Um, and there are uh, dinosaurs in robots suits or, or <laughs> dragons they refer to as dragons in robot suits um as Amazing. well and it, it yeah it, it's bonkers sort of knockabout adventure it was a lot of fun excellent that sounds lovely yeah well that's that's what i've watched um, my, my relationship with animation is a little bit yeah I, I, I guess i'm more into animation than you are i think that's fairly safe to say it's not that i'm not into animation mm-hmm. i just haven't seen as much as i would like to have done kind of in the same way that there's a loads of 
non-animated films that I haven't seen that I would love to have seen. That sounds like I'm going to go first then with my number 10. Yes, please. Uh, My number 10 animated film is a bonkers little film. Uh, And it goes by two different names. It goes by the name Triplets of Belleville or Belleville Rendezvous. Singing Have you ever seen it, Ed? <laughs> yes, I have. Yeah, that that was on my shortlist. It's so weird. It's about a little old lady who goes to rescue her grandson, who is a cyclist from... The, he's been kidnapped and she goes to rescue him. It's absolutely crackers, but it's yes. very joyful. I love it. I love the animation style of it. I, yeah. it it's really sort of grotesque. It is. It's really artist. grotesque. It's, it's yeah. kind of... There are, there are parts of it that remind me of some of the grubbier bits of Disney. And I'm thinking of like the rescuers. Oh, yeah. Um, where there's this kind of like slightly grotesque and quite kind of scratchy illustration style. But it's beautiful. There's like no dialogue in it at no. all. So it's, it's visually stunning. It's really weird. And, and there's a particularly excellent sequence where... These three, the triplets of Belleville, are getting frogs to have for dinner. Yeah. And it's really (laughs) wonderful. So, yeah, that's my number 10. What about you? Oh, how lovely. So, yeah, my number 10 is a movie from my childhood. It was very important to me. It's mostly just a lot of fun, but it's it's got some heart and a lot of action and adventure. And it also happens to be one of the best superhero movies ever made. It is the animated Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Jackie saw. You ain't a bat. Who are you? What do you want? Your angel of death awaits. Which is just fabulous. It, so in the 90s, you had the uh, Batman animated series, which was groundbreaking in so many ways, very influential on the comics themselves, which I, I grew up reading and, and loved, and very influential on on sort of what an action cartoon series could be. Like previously, like through the 80s, you'd had like He-Man and Transformers and all that sort of stuff. Um, Thundercats which whatever our nostalgic feelings when you look at them the animation is crap yeah it isn't good is it it's not good to look at and then suddenly the Batman animated series the aesthetic is extraordinary these painted backdrops that were painted on onto black so these landscapes this art deco style painted on onto the black the visuals are incredible and so batman mask of the phantasm grew out of that series and all of the stuff that the series does really well is in that movie there's never been a better at batman animated movie and, and there's arguably not been a better batman movie to be honest yeah oh wow okay it, it covers all of the stuff that you want a batman movie to do and it, it has a sort of a uh, doomed romance in it just a fabulous turn from Mark Hamill as the Joker hanging out in in the world of tomorrow this sort of dilapidated world of tomorrow um, they, oh just honestly track down a copy of Mask of the Phantasm it is streaming in places um, check it out I'm going to make that a priority that sounds absolutely fantastic yeah can't wait that sounds brilliant and on that note give me a number nine my number nine it is an absolutely crackers little Belgian film oh yeah based on on an animated series. It's called A Town Called Panic. Quoi encore? Bonsoir tout le monde. Bon anniversaire, cheval. Comment vous saviez? Ah, c'est Janine qui me l'a dit. 
Voilà, ça c'est pour vous. Encore des briques Bah merci, c'est très gentil. Une casquette de Mozart. Oh, elle est vraiment bien. Merci, Madame Laugry. Have you ever seen it? I haven't. No. Um, it, it was on my list of potentials to watch yesterday. In fact, it's an hour and fifteen minutes long. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely crackers, and it is so funny. Yeah. It's absolutely hilarious. And um, people might recognise the animation style. Do you remember the um? The Cravendale adverts that had the cowboy and the horse. The ca- it had like a cow and then mm-hmm. like a cowboy, and it was very um, like the, the animation style. It's stop motion, but it's they're not trying to pretend that they're real people or anything. Like the, there's um, one of the characters is a cowboy. He's on, you know, like um, the little green soldier men are on oh, their yeah. little planks, so he walks everywhere like that. Oh, and wow. it's it's a horse a cowboy and an Indian all living together in this house. Yeah. Um, and one of the key plot points is that the cowboy and the Indian want to build horse a barbecue for his birthday, but instead of ordering 50 bricks, they accidentally order like 500 million bricks. And then oh. they have too many bricks. <laughs> That's like <laughs> one of the... But it's just, it's so funny. I remember I went to see it at the Ritzy in Brixton mm. where you can take a glass of beer in. And I went and sat and had a glass of beer and watched this film and laughed my socks off the whole way through. <laughs> it's so good. I am um, it's currently streaming on Amazon Prime and I just I cannot recommend it highly enough. It's one of the best hour and 15 minutes you could give yourself as a little treat. Go and see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I will do that. I'll definitely take that. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Um and what's your number 9? Uh, so, my number 9, um it's really gorgeous. Uh adapted from Ted Hughes' poem. It is the Iron Giant. It's bad to kill. Guns kill. And you don't have to be a gun. You are what you choose to be. You choose. I've never seen the Iron Giant, but it is always on the lists of like the best animated films ever made, isn't it? it yeah, I, I would think it probably would be because it, it really is just lovely. Um, have you read Have you read the Iron Man, the Ted Hughes no, poem? No, I had that in uh, in a book when I was very little, and it's it's fantastic. Yeah, so that sort of that story and image of this Iron Giant coming out of the sea has always been very sort of. Uh, strong in my mind and sort of reconstituting himself and yeah it's amazing the movie the iron giant sort of takes that premise and expands it so that it can fill 90 minutes or however long it is and it builds in this relationship with this young boy and it's really beautiful um, and that's going to be a recurring theme throughout my list of top tens there are some really gorgeous and uh, some really heartbreaking movies here which i think animation breaks my heart more frequently than live action does i, I mean there's something about it that i think it connects us to the child in us mm-hmm. yeah somehow just because we do associate animation more with family and children's films. Of course, that is not to say that all animation is for family and children. Um, but there is something that just connects us. But also the types of, like, you know, with animation, you've got scope to tell the biggest stories in the world. And some of the best animation tells enormous stories. But it's actually about the human experience because great art is. Essentially, yeah, because you, you, talk, you talk about telling enormous stories but you can do it in the smallest environments imaginable like if you think of inside out that is really a huge story that it's telling grand emotional themes 
but told inside somebody's mind. You've got scope to do so much with animation and do things that you just can't do in live action. Like, however much of a genius stylistically Wes Anderson is, he can't in live action tell a story about elements like Pixar is doing now. Elemental yeah. just came out last weekend. I'm looking forward to seeing it. And I think every every film on this list does things that wouldn't work in live action. They do things that you can only do in animation. And I really think somebody at Disney should realise that before they try to make all of their movies again with people. I'd, actually, let's talk about what. how do we define animation? Yeah. So, so I was thinking about this a lot when com- composing this list. Like, Disney released a live action version of The Lion King. It's not live action. No, it isn't. It's a cartoon. It's a different. You've made it photorealistic and completely fucked it, but it is yeah. a cartoon. There's a bunch of stuff that I considered ineligible for this list. Interesting. Like, I think some people might be screaming at us, going, "Roger Rabbit? Why not Roger Rabbit?" I say no to Roger Rabbit on my list anyway. I don't know. It might be on yours. I say no for the simple reason that if I included Roger Rabbit, that would open it up to all of the movies of Ray Harryhausen, for example. Yeah. Okay. And indeed. To my mind, the entire MCU, all of those movies are digitally animated in a, to a huge percentage, a huge proportion of those movies. You're actually just you're watching a cartoon. Well, um, it's interesting that you were mentioning Who Framed Roger Rabbit because Who Framed Roger Rabbit is my number eight. Oh, how interesting. She's married to Roger Rabbit. Yeah, what a lucky coil. Now, justify this. (laughs) I'll tell you how I'm going to justify it because I understand exactly what you're saying. My justification is that within the world of the film, the Mm -hmm. animations are animations. And that's the point. Okay. Whereas in a Ray Harryhausen movie, we are supposed to think that Jason is actually fighting those skeletons. Yes. I I think that it's the the animations are not standing in for something that should be real. They Mm -hmm. are animations. You don't agree, do you? I don't agree, no, but I absolutely understand your justification. The logic. And it's perfectly welcome on your list. Well, (laughs) my number eight is Who Framed Roger Rabbit because it's fucking great. It's so great. There are so many things in there that are about animation. I Mm. absolutely love the bit where um, Bob Hoskins realises that Roger can take his hand out of the handcuffs and that he's been able to all along and there was no reason (laughs) for him to stay like that. And he was like, why didn't you say anything earlier? And he was like, because it wouldn't have been funny earlier. I just love it. The whole thing. It's wonderful. It's like a for a film that is half animation, half live action, Mm. it is a love letter to animation. And I love that. That's my number eight, Ed. I understand. Come on. Come at me (laughs) with your fully animated, animated films. (laughs) Yeah, so my number eight, I was talking about several of these films being heartbreakers. Uh, The Red Turtle is my number eight. Very strange, sad um, little movie about some people on an island and there's a turtle. And I don't really want to say too much about it because I just, yeah, just just watch it. It's one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen. There's no dialogue. The score is gorgeous. It's, it's one of those scores that like, I used to put on when we'd go to bed. Like just to sort of help 
wind down and like Jem sometimes has trouble sleeping and it, it yeah it, it often helped but then she watched the movie and was like oh I can't listen to this anymore <laughs> it's too sad <laughs> it's yeah it, it's really really gorgeous okay I would love to see it but I also would hate to see it because I really hate upset things that are upsetting but they're good it's how we cathart you know it mm. is I do love a cathart all right and uh, give me a number seven I mean you can tell what a basic bitch I am with all of this. Um, but I couldn't not have some Aardman on my list. And because uh, Wallace and Gromit Kiss the Were-Rabbit is not a particularly good film, Chicken Run. Oh, my life flashed before my eyes. It was really boring. Ah, interesting. I love the voice work. I love the animation. I love the story. I think it's a really beautiful and very British film. And mm-hmm. um, and there's not much else I can say about it. It's so charming. Um, it's got a great villain. Yeah, I, ju- I just think it's really great. So I'm sure a lot of people will have seen it. But if you haven't, do check it out. I, to my shame, have actually never seen Chicken Run. Ah, yeah. okay. Well, uh, that makes me feel slightly less bad about all of the amazing animation that you've got on your list. And I've, oh, yeah. like, <laughs> I've got basically the 10 that I've seen. So um, <laughs> that's not true. That's not true. But yeah, no, I, lo- I love Chicken Run. It, it makes me really joyful. I, I will always... Always watch Chicken Run if it's on. Excellent, What's your number seven? Choice. <laughs> <laughs> My number seven. Um, you were talking about being a little bit of a basic bitch. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been talking about heartbreaking movies. My number seven is not a heartbreaker. And in many ways, it's the most basic animation you could possibly imagine. My number seven favorite animated movie is South Park. Bigger, longer and uncut. <laughs> should we blame the government or blame society? Or should we blame the images on TV? When we come to do musicals in the future, it will be on that list as well. Because, my God, it's brilliant. This film has got... It does everything that I want it to do. It's so funny. So profane. (laughs) It's topical, you know, of the time. Uh, One one of the main characters is Saddam Hussein, who dies before the film starts. uh, And it turns out he's having a relationship with the devil. Oh, yeah. I got... Do you know, I don't think I've seen it. Oh, my God. You have to... It's it's brilliant. It is still brilliant to this day. Largely because those boys know how to do story. And the other thing they know how to do is write a musical tune. The songs in this film, those two are so in love with musical theatre. I mean, it's it's no surprise that they went on... Well, actually, in fact, one of their first projects was a musical. They wrote Cannibal the Musical, um, was oh, okay. the first film they ever made. But they went on to have enormous success with the Book of Mormon because they understand, they understand musicals. Um, The songs, far from just being a sort of parody of musical theatre songs, they revel in the style of musical theatre songs. They understand what the purpose of a song in a musical is. They understand how to write them and how to sort of pay tribute to all their favourite musicals while sort of cocking a sort of sly tongue-in-cheek eye in that direction it's it's spectacular i i didn't watch it for a long time so i I watched it when it first came out i was a big south park fan as a teenager i was exactly the right age for it when it came out in uh, 97 entering Mm. adolescence and yeah so the movie came out and loved it and sort of didn't watch it for a long time and tim america came out and loved that but i didn't watch Mm. south park the movie again for a really long time and then i came back to it uh, probably about five or six years ago and i went oh this 
is still really fucking funny. I admire I admire the commitment to a dick joke as much as anybody. South Park, <laughs> bigger, longer, and uncut. <laughs> I think it's... I never watched it because I was never a massive South Park fan. So, yeah, I'm. I, but I am very open to watching it. Very happy to. Have you seen Team America? Oh, yeah. And it really makes me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think you'd get on with South Park. I think you'd uh, yeah get get on with again. At least great songs. Yes. Oh my god. Well, to change tone entirely, I'm going to tell you what my number six is. Really beautiful family favorite. Beautiful animation. One of the most beautiful soundtracks ever, and one of the most gorgeous one man and his dog stories that you will ever see ever. Mm-hmm. It's How to Train Your Dragon. My name's Hiccup. Great name, I know, but it's not the worst. Parents believe a hideous name will frighten off gnomes and trolls. Like our charming Viking demeanor wouldn't do that. Morning. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> I kind of, I, I came to it quite late. A gorgeous love story between this guy and his, I mean, essentially a pet dog, but it's a dragon. Both of them with a disability, living life and it's fine. It's a great coming of age story, but it's got a bit like we were talking about with Wes Anderson in our discussion on Asteroid City. It's got a tone to it. The characters have a way of speaking that's very distinctly a How to Train Your Dragon way of speaking. And it's really funny. Uh, really funny. Have you seen it? Uh, I've seen the first one. I think I've seen the second one. I've not seen the third one. I just love it. And the music lifts my spirit. And it just, it, I find it really heartwarming, really beautiful. And I hate using the word heartwarming, but it does warm my heart. Or no, more appropriately, it makes my spirit sore, which I suppose is not the same thing, but that's that's more appropriate to what it does. What about you? What's your number uh, six? So my number six is my uh, Studio Ghibli entry. Yes. And it's, one that's probably not on very many people's uh, list um, if they're certainly if they're limiting it to one Ghibli but it's the one that affected me the most emotionally it is uh, when Marnie was there are you okay um yeah good are you are you real wait shh let's not have anyone hear us in my dreams I saw a girl just like you. Dreams? Hmm. It's not a dream. Now, that is not one that you see crop up on many... It, yeah, so, I, I, yeah, I believe it was the, the final film directed by Hiramayasa Yonabayashi, who was sort of the guy yeah. at Studio Ghibli. So what year was it? When did it come out? It was 2014. Right, so... Uh, relatively recent one yeah yeah uh and i saw it at the cinema and it was just beautiful and as i say it affected me emotionally it just yeah i, I was in i was in floods by the end <sighs> it's uh, based based on a based on a children's book by an english writer i think that's interesting because um one of the other kind of one of the sort of more famous studio uh, ghibli films house moving castle is based on a, mm. a novel by an english author yeah it's ba- based on novel of the same title so when money was there um by joan g robinson well i shall see get out although to be honest with you ed i'm a bit like maybe i won't because a little bit like with um a couple of yours the iron giant the red turtle i kind of don't want to be upset i don't want to i don't want to feel sad i don't want anything that's going to make me feel too many emotions (laughs) i I, I love it i couldn't cry for years and movies just taught me how to cry oh my god ed (laughs) and now i I love it i'll cry at the drop of a hat uh, okay. Anyway. Okay. Well, um, you know, fine. <laughs> you do you, and I'll sit over here 
repressing. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'll get all that delicious catharsis. Okay, so while you're repressing, do you want to give me your number five? I'd love to. And now I, I, I didn't actually consciously do this. I didn't think I'm only going to let myself have one or two Disney films, but it just mm-hmm. that's the way it happened. There are two Disney productions on my list. This is the first of them. It's kind of, you know how with people... There's often a watershed with Mm. Disney films where it's like, what was the last Disney film that you watched as a younger person before Mm. you kind of went into that difficult adolescent phase where Disney's kind of, you're a bit too cool for Disney and then you rediscover it again. Um, For me, it was uh, Hercules. Are you uh, all right, miss? Uh... Megara. My friends call me Meg. At least they would if I had any friends. So, (laughs) did they give you a name along with all those rippling pectorals? The reason that Hercules is my favourite is mostly the music. I just, I think the music in Hercules is unbelievable. It's so good. Mm. And um, I love the animation style. No other Disney film looks like Hercules. Mm-hmm. Um, they developed a whole different animation style in order to do it. It's got one of the greatest vocal performances of any Disney film from James Woods as mm-hmm. Hades. And um, yeah, it's, it's a special one to me because it was like the last one that I had on video. As a little uh, little side note, One Last Hope from Hercules is one of my audition songs. Oh, fantastic! That makes me so happy, Ed. Yeah, I've, I've got one tomorrow, actually, for Panto that um, yeah, I'm yeah. going to go and sing that for. Oh, Ed, that makes me so happy. Well, mm-hmm. fucking smash it. What's your number five? Uh, so my number five, um, actually, interestingly... Uh, Following on from the Studio Ghibli one, uh, number six, we've got another Japanese movie. Uh, it's not a Ghibli. It's Your Name. Have you seen Your Name? No, I haven't. Oh my goodness. It's, I mean, it's, it's so of now in, in a lot of ways. There's a lot of gender identity stuff sort of contained subtextually and not actually not even subtextually. No, it's all about people swapping bodies and not really knowing how that's happening or watch it. It's brilliant. In, I put it down, I put it on in lockdown and, um, there is a dubbed version, but I always like to watch the original language. That's just personal preference. So I had it. Had it on with the subtitles, obviously. Jem likes movies with subtitles, but she often doesn't feel like she has the energy to just like sit and focus yeah. enough to actually watch a movie, a, a, a words movie, yes. as we call we call them in this flat. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I but I put your name on in lockdown, and uh, within about five minutes, she put down what she was doing. She was just in watching it. And she brings it up all the time. She loves it. It's, yeah, it's really great. It's beautiful to look at. The soundtrack hits you in that place in Mm. the heart that some uh, Japanese pop music is just sort of designed to hit you right in that sort of emotional spot where you go, huh? It's a great Okay. Where did you watch it? I watched it in my living room during lockdown. No. Where? On what uh, service? Where was it streaming? I think it was on Prime. Yeah, I've just had a look. Uh, Your name, it's not actually streaming anywhere at the moment, but it's Ah, it's, uh, $1.99 to rent at all the usual places. So, um, what's your number four? It is my only Pixar. Uh, I did consciously think, just give yourself one Pixar. It does things to me in my emotions. And I think it's really funny, just ingenious. Uh, It's Monsters, Inc. You're not supposed to name it. Once you name it, you start getting attached to it. Now put that thing back where it came from or so help me. 
Oh, hi! We're rehearsing uh, a scene for the upcoming company play called uh, Put That Thing Back Where It Came From or So Help Me. <laughs> it's a musical. <laughs> yeah, put that thing back where it came from or so help me. So help me, so help me, and cut. <laughs> what a great shout. It's lovely. I think that, again, it's one of those lovely examples of the kind of animation being built around the vocal performances which i really mm. like and randall is such a wonderful villain he's so scary yes and all of the like incidental characters it's one of those um films where i think a few weeks ago we were talking about like little background guys monsters inc is full of them just like yes. the the joy that they've had in animating every single last bit and it's like you get a fleeting glimpse of some guy by a bin and he's mm-hmm. so beautifully designed and he's got there's so much going on and every time you watch it there is something else to pick up on uh, and it just really makes me laugh and you know how i feel about children in films yeah i could watch boo all day i love oh, boo boo's great boo's amazing boo. she's so great <laughs> she's lovely um, and yeah. i really i love that thing that they um they just follow one of them had a little girl and they just followed her around with a microphone for a few days yeah. um and then animated her like i just i yeah. love that that is like part of the kind of spirit of pixar i think that makes it really special so yeah that's why it's my number 5 and my only uh, my number 4 sorry and it's my only pixar entry go on yeah. what and about you what what a good one yeah so my number 4 is the Guillermo del Toro produced book of life <laughs> I've not seen it. It's really great. It, uh, it sort of got overshadowed at the time because it came out around about exactly the same time that Pixar's Coco came out. Both of them have the Day of the Dead as a backdrop, the Mexican Day of the Dead. They're very, very different movies. It's a little unfair that Book of Life got overshadowed yeah. um, by Coco because it is it is wonderful. It's gorgeous to look at. It tells... a uh, fabulous story the music's great it's wonderful you don't need to work hard to sell me on that one i mean yeah that sounds fantastic i need to go and look that up yeah definitely gosh so we're getting into our top three here can i have yours please of course you can ed (laughs) now um my number three is my second disney entry this one is it's really special to me and I don't know that a lot of people would necessarily put it on their favorite lists i'd love to know anyone else who has it's fantasia (laughs) mr stokowski Mr. Stokowski! (whistles) (laughs) My congratulations, sir. (laughs) Congratulations to you, Mickey. Gee, thanks. (laughs) Well, so long. I'll be seeing you. Part of the reason I love it, I love, there's so many different illustration styles. I love it from the point of view of its importance in the history of cinema. Nothing has ever been attempted like this uh, before they release this. It's got that lovely blend of live action meets animation in the sense that um, there's a gorgeous moment when Mickey, having performed in uh, The Sorcerer's Apprentice, comes on and meets the conductor um, and it's gorgeous. And um, it's got some of the most iconic imagery from Disney in there. I think Mickey Mouse in the um, get up for The Sorcerer's Apprentice, the dancing hippos, like all mm-hmm. of these things which you kind of know but you know but also it was like my mate it was my introduction to classical music which has been sure. one of my kind of lifelong 
pleasures and joys and has really enriched my life and I kind of owe that to Fantasia and it's fucking sublime. It makes me feel a little bit emotional just talking about it. <laughs> um, so I'm going to stop talking about it and ask you what your number three is. Okay, so um, my number three, I had a little wry smile a little while ago when uh, you were talking about Chicken Run because yeah. you mentioned how um, Wallace and Gromit and the Curse of the Weir Rabbit is not a very good movie. Is it your number three? Well, it is my number three. Oh! Oh, heck, I can't answer the door. Not like this. I'll say it for why. I do think it's a good movie, but really the reason it rates so highly on my list is because I couldn't have the wrong trousers. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I love Wallace and Gromit so much. Yeah. I love those original three shorts. Yeah. So much that... When they expanded it to a feature-length movie, it couldn't ever live up to the magic of of, no. of those uh, little animated movies. But my love for them is so strong that it has propelled the feature-length Weir Rabbit up to number three on my list. And I'll fight anyone who comes at me. <laughs> I won't come at you, even though I've already gone on record saying I don't think it's a very good film. But um, I, I totally understand because I, I spent quite a long time grappling with myself, wondering if I could make the wrong trousers, if I could make a case for it. Has there I, ever been a greater villain than Feathers McGraw? I don't know that there has. He's I, so I, great. He's so great. He's <laughs> fucking terrifying mm-hmm. it's the blank expression i love it it's wonderful yeah when when gromit's hiding in the box and he just he looks and he's got those beady little eyes with yeah that blank expression oh my god anyway i will stick up for curse of the weir rabbit a little bit because i think it's i think it's really good fun hey it's definitely got its charms but those original three they really stick with me and it doesn't matter how long ago i've seen any of them i remember them because they're so you know whereas curse of the weir rabbit i watched it in the cinema and I cannot remember a single thing about it, really. I remember oh, the only thing I remember is coming out really disappointed. Yeah, I like all the little, all the little sight gags and all the little silly, silly jokes sort of in the background and dotted around and, and whatnot. It's it, it if you when you when you look at it, yeah, sort of second and third time, you just you spot little things that you didn't see the first. Maybe time I need to go, give oh, it another go. Uh, hit me with your two, please. Okay, my number two is a stop motion animation. It's um, Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox. The cuss am I? Are you cussing with me? No, you cussing with me? Don't cuss and point. You're gonna cuss with somebody. You're not gonna cuss with me. You little cuss. Me. Just by the tree. Okay. I'm enchanted by it. I love all the vocal performances. It's exactly, exactly the same as. Well, what we were saying again when we were talking about Asteroid City, that thing of like, you can tell it's a Wes Anderson film by looking at it and you can tell it's a Wes Anderson film by listening to it, even though it's a Roald Dahl story, but it looks and sounds exactly, it's got that same patter. And I think it was the perfect story for him. To, if he was going to adapt anything, I think he's made it work beautifully well. I love, I just love the way it looks. I just want to like yeah. eat it. It's so <laughs> beautiful. There's a particular moment when um, a shop is on fire and the way that mm. they do the smoke is with wool and it's beautiful. And it's I think inspired. I'm, it is inspired. And I am, I am particularly drawn to stop motion just because there is no quick way around it. There is no <laughs> trickery. It doesn't matter how incredible your technology progresses. It is still painstaking. And I think that it is, I think it's the case that with, 
the Fantastic Mr. Fox, you can see every ounce of love for those characters, for the story, for the aesthetic, for everything. I think you can see that. It's in it's in every little twitch of every bit of hair on the faces of all of the characters. It's just great. Yeah, it's when, when their fur sort of stands on end. And, yeah. It's a, it's a stop motion film that utilises stillness mm-hmm. re- in a really... The moments of stillness are there because that is the beat that the film needs it's yeah. completely considered it's timed to perfection mm-hmm. i just think it's a really masterful piece of filmmaking and it brings me such joy yes. and it's one of my absolute favorite we were talking about this before needle drops when they dance at the end to let her dance by the bobby full of four and that is one of my favorite songs because of that film how lovely <laughs> yeah what's your number two ed uh so yeah my number two actually i've already mentioned it once during this discussion i mentioned it overshadowing book of life and i'm afraid it's overshadowing it again in my list. Oh, it's, no! It's my Pixar entry. It was a very close run thing between this and my number one. I just, I love Coco. This isn't a dream then. You're all really out there. You thought we weren't. Well, I don't know. I thought it might have been one of those made up things that adults tell kids. Like vitamins. Miguel, vitamins are a real thing. Well, now I'm thinking maybe they could be. It's absolutely magnificent i've seen it i don't know how many times now it makes me cry every single time every single time tears of sadness and joy at the same time there's stuff in it about about memory and dementia and how um, music affects that but more than that it is a heartfelt story it's funny it's extraordinary to look at the world of the dead the land of the dead is a feast of color and detail and it it's just immense i adore it yeah it's my pixar entry i've picked it over several other ones that i will definitely mention when i do my honorable mentions shortly i will repeatedly watch coco well um you put me off when you said it makes you cry because again, you know how I don't want to feel my feelings, but if it's joyful, I can joyful, get on board with that. Joyful tears, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so before we hit our number ones, would you like to run through some of your honourable mentions? Well, I'd like to hear yours before your number one. Um, well, so. as you know, I haven't really seen the very many animations, so I've only got a couple which almost made it onto my list. One of them is a lovely, now I think it's stop motion, but um, it might not be entirely stop motion. It's a lovely film called Box Trolls. I don't know if you've seen it. Oh, yes, I've not seen it. Um, but I am familiar with it. Yeah. It's lovely. It's so funny. And there's um, there's there's sinisterness in it. It's lovely. Mm-hmm. It's a lovely kind of coming of age, finding belonging story. Um, but there are a couple of moments that are properly laugh out loud funny that I really enjoy. So I definitely recommend um, catching that. And my other one was um, Spirited Away just because... It is gorgeous. It's so beautiful. Um, but it is also the only Studio Ghibli film that I've sat all the way through. I, I, and I didn't include it because it the reason it kept coming to mind was because I felt like I ought to have a Studio Ghibli film on there. Sure. But to me, that means I need to watch more Studio Ghibli. Sure. What about you? Um, right. Well, <clears throat> brace yourself. Pray um, silence. <laughs> all right. Yeah. No, there's the, the, there's a bunch here. There's some, some of them that you've mentioned already. So I'll leave those off. So yeah, if there's anybody listening who's like, oh, he's not mentioned that on his honorable mentions and it's something that Gould's mentioned, just assume it's on there because it will be. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Who Framed Roger Rabbit because Ed doesn't believe that's valid. So I love it. I just, it doesn't, for my list, meet the criteria 
and to be honest with you, I was looking for reasons to not in, to not include films because yeah, I had yeah, a really yeah. hard time making my ten. So yeah, actually, I'll, I'll I'll start by running through some of the other Pixar films that I love. Any of these could have made it. Um, Ratatouille is sort of my number two. It's it's not a tearjerker at all. It's just great fun, and I love food and kitchens and cooking and mm. all that stuff. And it's yeah, it's just great. Uh, Toy Story three because that did make me lose half my body weight in tears <laughs> um yeah up is wonderful inside out is wonderful i mean uh, they they all work for me on some level or other except cars no and actually I, I didn't i didn't like the good dinosaur at all i've i've not seen either but it was quite troubled uh, in its creation well if my nephew is um, anything to go by i think like boys aged seven to ten mm-hmm. cars cars is what they want uh, i believe it yeah. um there's a few Disney films on my short list, my honourable mentions. Um, highlight particularly Pinocchio, uh, not the recent Tom Hanks version. <laughs> uh, also Beauty and the Beast, which is yeah. brilliant. Also, a little shout out for um, the often overlooked Hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, Disney's Hunchback is really special and the music in it is extraordinary. It's got one of the best villain songs ever. Uh, do you, have you seen it? No, because as we've discussed before... I tried to watch it. You can't it. deal with the bullying. I can't deal with the opening section where he goes down into the town and they throw things. So I've listened to some of the songs and it's beautiful, but I've never made it past that because I cried so hysterically I had to be taken for a walk to calm down. <laughs> so I tell you what, I will, I will send you later. I'll send you the YouTube clip of Hellfire. Yes, please. Because it's extraordinary. The song is brilliant and so, so complex. Like covering themes that you just don't expect to find in a Disney film about conflict of desire and morality and repressed sexuality and all this stuff alongside which is this incredible animation um, yeah, I, I will. I will send you that that uh, clip of that later because it's just really something. Yeah. Also on my list, so getting away from Disney and Pixar, the follow up to your name was a film called Weathering with You, which is just magnificent to look at. Yeah, check it out. It's fantastic. One from my childhood uh, that broke anybody of my generation, uh, The Land Before Time. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, Recent one, uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is a lot of fun and like really interesting take on on, on, on different animations. Um, so actually on my shortlist here, I do have Who Framed Roger Rabbit next to my note saying it's not eligible. Um, <laughs> I also have another sort of animated live action hybrid that is absolutely batshit. It's called The Congress and it's it stars Robin Wright as a fictionalised Robin Wright. At the start of the film, she uploads her whole image and all of her emotions, everything she uploads onto the mainframe so that they can use it to make films forever. Um, and that's oh. like the last contract she will ever sign. That's the last job she'll ever have. And from there, it descends into this wild animated dystopia that is just so off the wall and batshit bonkers. It, I don't think it did all that well at the box office when it came out. I can't say um, I've heard of it, but yeah, it's very interesting actually. It's lo- alongside what um, some of uh, you know the current debate about AI and um, 
the comments that Tom Hanks made about the fact that, yeah, he could star in films for the rest of his life. If, well, he could star in films after his death forever. I wasn't sure whether he was saying that that was a good thing or if he was saying that was a bad thing. I couldn't quite work it out. He made that comment, but yeah, that, that film sounds like it's addressing that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly where it's uh, where it's playing. Oh, actually, I said I'd get away from Disney. It's a atypical Disney. It's my favourite Disney CGI movie, so not Pixar, but Disney CGI. Uh, Big Hero Six. I haven't seen it. It's really lovely. I almost put Tangled on my top ten because I love it. Have you seen it? Um, I saw it at Christmas. I yeah. had never seen it before, and Jim was like, "Watch it. You'll love it." And it started, and I was like. Oh, I don't think I'm going to enjoy this at all. And then after about 15 minutes, I was like, oh, I quite like this. Yeah, it's quite good, this. I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, I got I got really into it by the end. Yeah. I have to... D- Disney does good horses. And it's... Disney does a good horse. He's he's one of the uh, one of the greats, I think. Up there with Pegasus from one of my favourites, Hercules, so... Yes. Um, just a couple more. Uh, you mentioned, um, obviously, uh, Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox. Um Another old dial adaptation that's rather wonderful is James, James and the Giant, the Giant Peach. Peach. Yes, I um I love it. I I, I love it too. It, it just the stylistically the visuals. It's just it's just really cool. It's so kind of scratchy and it's great, and it's got some wonderful vocal performances in and mm-hmm. um from some quite surprising people. One of whom being Daphne from Frasier. Yes. <laughs> Also on the list, Nightmare Before Christmas, while we're playing with stop motion. I was surprised it wasn't on your honourable mentions. Uh, I wonder what could be my number one, Ed. Oh, interesting. <laughs> didn't, didn't occur to me. Uh, yeah, I uh, mentioned already Song of the Sea, which is really, really lovely. That was um, the uh, what they did after Secret of Kells. Um, have you seen a film called Loving Vincent? I am aware of Loving Vincent. I haven't seen it, though. It's really, really beautiful to look yeah. at. I'm a big fan of... Van Gogh anyway. So it, it's it's a biographical film of some of Van Gogh's troubled times. So it so it was filmed and then animated from what from from the performances and animated in this in in, in this impressionistic style that is all sort of swirling colours and it's so beautiful and you see various paintings of Van Gogh's just sort of come to life and then fade back away into you know into the narrative yeah it's it's really lovely and i don't think it got the attention that it that it deserved oh yeah and i've got a real soft spot for the uh, 1970s animated lord of the rings i watched it a lot as a kid yeah Um, did it scare the living shit out of you because it did me yes i mean the look of it is so weird it's so frightening the or the uruk high yeah oh god really scary Yeah, yeah yeah really really freaky and some um, of the kind of vocal performances in that really, like, I feel like I can hear them even now. <laughs> uh, and I think my final honourable mention is Shrek 2, which I think is the finest of the Shrek films. Yeah. Um, I love the first one. The third one I'm not interested in. No. But Shrek 2 is peak Shrek. God, because Shrek was one of those films that we had on video and I just watched it over and over and over and over again. I do remember Shrek 2. I actually need to give all of the Shreks a rewatch because I can't remember them. But yeah. Shrek 2 is the one where Puss in Boots shows up and is yes. a welcome addition. Let's just leave it at that because he's just a fabulous character. Did you watch <laughs> um, the Puss in Boots film that came out? Was it earlier uh, this year or was it last year? I caught a bit of it on the telly at Christmas, I think. 
that was it the last wish or something it was called but uh, my sisters both have young children so mm. i am reliably informed that it is very very good yeah i'm keen for it so i think it's probably time for your number one yeah do you want to tell me what that might be ed <laughs> <laughs> i mean you didn't have to give it away already <laughs> i mean it's the nightmare before christmas that's right i am the pumpkin king <laughs> And I just can't wait until next Halloween Cause I've got some new ideas That will really make them scream And by God, I'm really going to give it all my might It was actually my 18th birthday party Was The Nightmare Before Christmas at the cinema It's been with me as long as I can remember The music is so beautiful Danny Elfman's vocal performance as Jack Skellington is so great It was my introduction to the kind of mind of Tim Burton Although of course it isn't Tim Burton directing But um and stop motion as well as a concept. It was the first time I'd encountered that. And I think it's it's just an exquisite film. I kind of can't sing its praises highly enough. And I think anyone who loves The Nightmare Before Christmas will know exactly why it's my number one, you know? Oh, I know, I know entirely why it's your number one. Yeah. yeah. I completely understand that. It's funny and beautiful and spooky and tender and... It's celebratory. When the Oogie Boogie Man comes apart oh, at the seams at the end, it's just like griggly little wormy things everywhere. But it's great. there's something a bit sexy about Oogie Boogie as well. I mean, it's his voice, oh, yeah. let's be fair. Um, yeah. The whole concept is fantastic and how it shows us what our world looks like through mm-hmm. different eyes. And again, full of background freaks doing weird shit. Yes, like, yes it really is. Full of it. And I fully appreciate it won't be for everybody. Some people just won't get it. But again, but then those people won't get Beetlejuice and they won't get, they probably wouldn't get James and the Giant Peach, actually. Which I think is Henry Henry Selleck, I think. Or maybe he's involved. Anyway, it's got that same kind of dark, scratchy thing. Uh, I'm not going to say anymore. Don't need to. I want it, I want it, I want it for my own. I've got to know, I've got to know what is this place that I have found. What is this? Um, Ed, I can't wait to hear what's your number one. Um, so my number one, it's interesting that you mentioned Nightmare, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. It was your birthday party. Because uh, my number one film I saw at a birthday party. It wasn't mine. And I was reluctant to watch it a little bit because it's, it's a Disney film. It is my Disney film. And I was sort of getting to the age where I was like, oh, no, Disney's, Disney's for kids. I must have been eight or nine. And I saw it at this birthday party, under duress, and it was the best thing I'd ever seen in my life. And it is, of course, The Lion King. Like ev- everything about it, all from the from the very beginning, from that opening scene with that magnificent animal chorus, um, doing Circle of Life, through all the stuff in the elephant graveyard, Jeremy Irons a scar, like the cast. My God, the cast is extraordinary. Mufasa, James Earl Jones as Mufasa. Telling Simba, like that conversation between Simba and Mufasa, where he tells him how disappointed he is. 
I felt that so hard. And then obviously when Mufasa dies, my God. And what a villain Scar is. You want him got from then on. And then you meet more incredible characters. Timon and Pumbaa. Like, my, they're just the, my best friends. Yeah. Like, Rafiki. These characters are just so, so vibrant and funny. And it's just, it's just perfect. Yeah. The Lion King. All day, every day. I just hear that name and I shut up. Mufasa. Ooh. Do it again. Mufasa. <laughs> Mufasa. 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 <laughs> Me. I'm surrounded by idiots. Ed, what a wonderful selection. Yes, you too. Right. We're going to choose the next topic, um, which will be coming to you in two weeks' time, um, following on from our episode on Jurassic Park. I mean, yes. my God. <laughs> um, so, yeah, next week you will be able to tune in and listen to us discuss Jurassic Park in all its glory. And then the following week we will be doing another top ten. And Ed... I'd like a number between 1 and 80, please. Sorry, the, uh, Bill and Ted just popped into my head, so I've just got to do 69, <laughs> dudes. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Oh, Ed. What have oh, I picked? Oh, no. <laughs> if, if, it, if, it's, if it's the animal performance one, we're picking again. I am going to have a terrible time. Oh, you what might stupid be all thing right. have I done? Sports movie. Oh, okay. You're going to be fine, I'm sure. I... I can't even name a sports movie. Space Jam? That's a sports movie. But I don't Actually. like it very much. So, <laughs> Well, that's a different question, isn't it? <laughs> this, my, my, my list next week is going to be what sports films have I seen? I don't even know if I'm going to be able to scrape 10 together. Well, we'll see how we do. Hello, listener. It's Gould here from the future. Basically, what's happened is we recorded this episode on our top 10 favourite animations before we decided to take a summer break. So instead of releasing our top 10 sports films on the 17th of October, what we're actually going to do is record and release a bumper special of what we've done on our holidays basically everything that we watched over the summer and then because the following top 10s episode will be released on halloween we decided that we would be doing something slightly more festive so actually we will be doing our top 10 sports movies it's just that that episode isn't going to be coming out until the 14th of november don't worry it is on its way Join us for uh, uh, the rundown of our top 10 sports movies. Please write in and let us know um, the names of some of those so that I can <laughs> watch some. I think that was one I, I added to the list and I don't, I don't think you noticed me do it. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm just trying to think. They're playing that special kind of um, space chess in Star Wars, aren't they? Does that count? If you can justify it. <laughs> i can't i can't justify it awesome well um thank you so much for joining us as we run down our top 10 animated films please do write in and let us know what your favorites are uh what glaring errors have we made and um yeah give us some recommendations for any films that you think we'd enjoy that we didn't mention today ed thank you so much thank you so much and thank you all for listening bye 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 <laughs>